forgot what day it is. Forget what day it is all the time now. Always can tell what time it is, but the day of the week and the date of the month just seem irrelevant. Then you need to join us and follow our new post knowing about COVID-19 post quarantining and reopening way too early only to go back into quarantine again. Who cares calendar? That's right. The who cares calendar says, why bother with the day when it's soon to be our last? This calendar is the carpe diem of calendars in it that it allows every day to be a Saturday or a Sunday. Or for you workaholics out there, every day can be a Tuesday. Get into your own schedule and get out of anything that logically makes sense of the world around us. This way, you can go completely bonkers. <laughs> oh, welcome everybody. Welcome to the ninth episode of the CRU show. My name is Joe Klossy. I am one of your hosts with me as always, my co-host, Nikon Razi. What up? Man, there's so much that is up. I can't wait to get into all the things that are on the up and up and also the down and down. So like, is I don't know. I just honestly... Uh, you know, everyone always says like, oh, we're living in strange times. And I kind of feel like don't jinx it because it gets stranger every single day. It's getting stranger and stranger. So I agree so, yeah, with you, my friend. It's, it's like, you know, and even the guy who made Black Mirror said he has to postpone Black Mirror because he says that like the world is kind of following like that, that show kind of Black Mirror is like this apocalypse show. Every episode it's like how we could go. And uh, it was a popular show. And, yeah. Even he's like, it's getting too crazy. It's getting crazy. Let's let's get into our mm. elephants in the room and and talk about how crazy they are because there are some real ones there. But let's start with a little bit of a lighthearted one. Um, the Reverend Al Sharpton versus Rudy Giuliani would be the best match ever. I would mm. like to thank the Reverend Al Sharpton for perfectly walking that fine line of pointing blame while taste, tastefully honoring the Floyd family. I think it takes a genius to pull off that juxtaposition and do it still in a tasteful light. That's just top notch. Um, I have nothing but complete respect for the good Reverend. Um, that said, I think it would take someone of that caliber in order to stand up to and defeat Rudy Giuliani because Rudy is one of the best BSers in the world. The two debating on some grand stage. socially distant from each other as I'm assuming Giuliani thinks this is a hoax. Um, they all probably have it anyway. I was muted there. Oh no. It's okay. Now I'm interrupting Still? you. Okay. No, I think I'm not muted now. <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, I'm professional. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But Rudy Giuliani, he's, he's a professional, professional BSer. I mean, he'll go up there and say anything and then he'll, you'll listen to him talk. Like I debated right on a college level, so I know what it's like to go up there and not know what you're talking about. And try to try to make something off the fly. I can tell from watching Rudy Giuliani that's what is happening. Like he'll just go up there and be like, "Well, uh, you know," and just go back to talking points that everybody who likes him would want to hear. Like back to America, America, patriotism. Boom. Yeah, I, I really nonstop. think that this should happen. The Reverend against Giuliani. Um, because it's maybe the only way Giuliani will have some sort of complete thought again. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's possible for this guy to have a thought. Who knows? I don't think so either. I agree with you. Um, number two in our elephant in the room. This is a pretty good one. Um, Steve King out in, in Iowa. It is no surprise to anyone who follows politics with a lens that extends further than conservative media outlets that Iowa Senator Steve King was a racist and his views supported by his statements for immigrants in this country are outright disgusting. Um, having said stuff like, and I quote, I am really sorry you come from a lawless country. I hope that you can have a happy life here. Also questioned when terms like white nationalism and white supremacist became offensive to use. So there's that. Uh, and when he came out like that, the real him surfaced. The Republican Party knew that he would be more of a liability than an asset, 
and what the article states um, is that part, the party outed him, considering he's held the seat for what seems like 100 years. They stripped him of his committee assignments, right? Rendering him basically powerless and therefore useless when weighing in on specific sides of topics. So instead of outright siding against him, they went about it in a way that could just make it easy to vote him out. So that's, you know, all we have to do then, just vote them out. Correct. Vote them out. Mm. Um, the next one is an interesting one uh, revolving around Keegan-Michael Key's uh, house-burning theory um, with regards to Black Lives Matter. Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, you know, it's just simply brilliant um, and should guide our mindsets here moving forward. Yeah, and if that house is on fire, how can we help to put it out, right? And build that house up again to look like ours, to function like ours. We have to have the same rights and freedoms that, you know, our house has, right? That we have, right, in other words. So we got to do that to make the right moving forward. Um, I, I, I agree with that. And in so doing that, we will show that all lives can matter the same, um, but they all must matter first, I think was his, his point, you know, um, <clears throat> just to recap there, the, the, uh, statement that, um, Keegan Michael Key had, had released revolved around how to understand black lives matter as opposed to all lives matter. And he used this, um, metaphor of a street with every house. It's like the black house, the white house, the Asian house, etc. And if the black house is on fire, you don't go and put out and put water on all of the houses on the street. You just put out that fire, right? So right. Um, it was pretty interesting to hear what his take was. And, and I can clearly interpret what he's saying as all lives must matter first in order to, you know, in order to be able to create a safer neighborhood, I guess, with all the houses on the block. So I really appreciated um, what he had said there. And it, and it mm. does shed some light to what I see people saying, you know, blue lives matter and all lives matter, et cetera. You know, right now it's black lives matter. You know, yeah. they have to, they have to matter first. So um, I want to get into something here um, as we're, we're, we're kind of flying through. Um, and I have a challenge, right? I have a challenge to game makers. Now we've been in quarantine for a bunch of months um, I know that people who are in, uh, you know, staying inside and have a coding background have an advantage on the amount of time they can put forth and the things that they're doing. And so here you go. I want to challenge any video game maker to reach out to me and contact me so I can develop a video game that gamifies school. I need programmers graphic designers, artists, and more programmers. Why can't we figure out how to pull off something like... Wait, 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 wait. wait. I mean, you want to gamify a, a school? Uh, how do you do that, Mr. Clausy? I, um, I, I want GTA, I want Grand Theft Auto, but a learning tool. And I want to run around everywhere and attend school... Um, like, you know, at that time, you'd like to take in the courses that you'd like to. Um, and I want to run around everywhere. And, and I don't know, connecting virtually everything in that learning process in this, you know, GTA-esque world, right? Make it points-based in order to progress. Make it engaging. Make it an, uh, amazing. I mean, Gamify is school. Like, I'm interested. I'm interested. That sounds very GTA dope. I want the programmers out there to contact me because we got some big things. I, I got an idea. I need just people to figure it out and, and, and make it happen and program for me. And, and we can go nuts. We can go absolutely nuts with this. Um, mm. So now it's time to get back into something that we started last week. Um, yep. it struck a chord, definitely struck a chord. Um, yes, it and has. it's, 
It's who's more of a millennial, you or me. Um, as I had explained last week, just to recap for our listeners, um, based on what your source is, you can find that the dates of Generation Y, Generation X vary. They vary greatly and for good reason. Yeah. And so although I am much your senior, mm -hmm. some sources show that I am also considered a millennial. So, yeah, sure. As on our, uh, our ongoing battle here to determine who's more of a millennial, I'd like to pronounce my millennialism, millennialisms this week and okay. just this week alone. All right. Right? That's We're how ready. I'm getting Let's down. Go for just it. week by Let's week. Go. Okay. So I feel like we're a week by week world, right? The world changes yeah. week by week. So um, here we go. Number one, I dropped my AirPod in the toilet for the second time. Same ear, twice. I started doing DoorDash. So it's like a gig work, right? I sit in my car and I drive around. So that's pretty millennial. And when my phone died, I didn't know how to get to the address because I don't know where signs are, even in Camarillo, because I can't navigate myself. <laughs> okay. Um, wait for it to come back on. Okay. You got it. Um, I work part-time and I've got two degrees. I uh, got a, you know, my, my AA degree and I'm just going to figure it out. So I'm pretty millennial there. I just got a psych psych major. That's a pretty millennial thing to do. Right. A psych major is a very millennial thing to do. And that is true. That is yeah, true. I just, just got to get a white Jetta, go blonde, and I'll be like another white girl. Hybrid. You need a hybrid. A hybrid, true, especially when I'm door dashing. You look at a Prius. All right. I also went around and thought of all things that would make me not a millennial. And they are as follows, because I want to be fair to everybody, you know, with my age, and to be honest with our listeners, I take a once a day multivitamin, right? That is not yeah. very millennial of me. No. They are also for men over 55. Terrible. Hey, I mean, you need the vitamins, especially when you get up there. Yeah. I call hoodies, sweatshirts. Jeans, pants, and slippers, flip-flops. What are uh, flip-flops? Are they a type of Uggs? What are you talking about? No. No. I think they were originally called flip-flops, which makes me a non-millennial. Um, mm. <clears throat> also, I make lists on note paper, and I never complete them, and they're everywhere, which could also be considered unorganized, which is sort of a millennial characteristic in so much that I don't care, but not really. That uh, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And speaking of not making a whole lot of sense, today's What Are You Doing is brought to you by Give Up. Tired of trying to educate those who believe their values are right because it's what their father and father's father's values of values are? Give up. Feeling like every politician is corrupt and unworthy of your vote. Then just give up. Stay at home, come election day, and allow the orangutan another four years. Upset that your friends haven't reached out and, and invited you to their Zoom hangouts or their meets. And no matter how much you try and post on social media things to appease those friends, no matter what you do, they will always come out and say that you should have, could have done this instead. Just give up and don't post anything that you wanted to do. Don't even make any YouTube videos that you wanted to do. Give up. Wanted to start singing? Give up. Why do anything creative when you can just not upset anyone but yourself by just not doing anything that's meaningful or important in your life? So just give up. You should try it sometime. With that said, Tyler Cobb. How you doing, guys? 
Dagarimtera, Mr. Cooney. <laughs> no, Mr. Cooney by far had to be the greatest teacher in existence that I ever had. I haven't seen you, dude, I think since we graduated. <laughs> like, you look great, Tyler. You look great. You look the same. Oh, yeah. good to know. I'm glad I didn't gain any weight or change my appearance at all. I'm proud of you for having a mask. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Currently on my break at work. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> so our, our really great time schedule met you there. All right. Um, I'll go through the questions so you get back in there. You know, what are you doing? So let's start with what, where are you working at? Uh, currently, I'm work, actually working at the Ojai Valley and Spa in Ojai County. It's the, Whoa. Yeah, it's a five-star resort, five diamond. It's beautiful. Great location. Dude, when I was there and your brother was there, that was like phenomenal. He, it was, it was so fun to see him there. And it is, that is an amazing place to work. That is an awesome time. You forget where you are in this world, in that establishment. I agree with you. Oh yeah. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Um, so Tyler, let me ask you this. Let's get right into it. So looking back at your years of high school, do you think ACE prepared you for your future? Most definitely. 100%. It, I've basically been fixing almost everything in my house, the sinks, the toilets, rebuilding fences, rebuilding gates, putting in doors, putting in locks. Any other school would not have taught me anything about those, but I learned everything of that at ACE Charter. I learned awesome. to do electrical. I learned everything that I needed to do. It was fantastic. Awesome. So you, you were definitely one of the students who enjoyed their time at ACE. Um, Most definitely. What was one of the craziest things that you did while you were there? Now that we can say whatever you want. Say it, Tyler. Go for it, man. Craziest, I know you got a good story. Craziest thing? Could it be bad or could it be good? I mean, you know. Let's do have, both. Yeah, let's hear let's it. Let's do both. Let's hear the good. Let's hear the I know good you got first. some good stories. He's got great Number stories. Number one. Klossy, Klossy definitely knows this one. Uh, oh, man, the one that basically got me in trouble with my dad. Where I got called into the office with you. Oh. oh. And this is the good one. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. That one. <laughs> oh, thank you for not uh, expelling me, by the way. I really appreciate that. <laughs> All right, we'll not get into it, but <laughs> that was the good. That was your good story. No, what no, is no your was bad? The, I was the bad one. That was yeah, the yeah, one. yeah. Because your father is a scary individual. Oh man, yeah, he's he's terrifying. Yes. Oh, he's definitely scary. Yeah. Speaking of my dad, I don't know if you heard this, but he actually lost his left leg. I. I did not know that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What happened? So he had, he had diabetes for quite a while since his like mid twenties and his left leg, he just noticed that a couple of his toes started to get purple. And in the matter of probably 36 hours, his entire foot went from peach white to purple and they had to amputate below the knee. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I so am it's sorry been, to hear that. It's all right. He's he's actually doing good. He actually just went back to work this Monday. Does he have a, a prosthetic leg in place? Yes, he does. Phenomenal. Yeah. So this was this was December of 2018 that he lost his leg. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. He and was he a hell of a golfer play. too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is he's a better golfer now than he was before. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is so great to hear. Holy oh, yeah. cow. Yeah, he's um, he's doing good though. He's doing good. That's good, man. Um, real quick, just because we're you know living through this pandemic, how, what's like the greatest way that it's changed your life? Like anything crazy happen or anything, you know? Oh, that's uh. Well, before the whole pandemic, I was actually working part time, and I wasn't making a whole lot. Me crashed my car, needed to get a new one, and then right when the pandemic hit. I actually became full time because they needed some extra help. So that, in a sense, it kind of helped me because I'm, I got more hours. I got a savings now. I'm building up money, building up a future. It's pretty good. Wow, I'm happy that during this like time of crisis, 
people are losing their jobs and you're there like now I'm full time and I got full time. Awesome. Great. Hell yeah, dude. Hell Just yeah. as an aside too, Tyler, I don't see a place like the Ojai Valley Inn and Spa hurting from a lack of guests because I feel like the people who can afford to go there can still afford to go there. Right? Oh yeah. There 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 are a couple of there are a couple of high prices at the Ohio Valley Inn, but it, it suits everything that you need. I just remembered when your brother had dropped us off in front of the spa um, and there was a very famous actor in there who was in there all the time. And now, of course, for whatever reason, his name escapes me, but um, he's in there all the time. It, it, it was Silence of the Lambs. Um, hello, Clarice. Um, oh, I think my I know gosh. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that I can't think of this. I'm so embarrassed. There's a that's makes me not a millennial right there. Nikon, holy cow. All right, I'll I'll think of it. Anthony Hopkins. Okay. A Hop, well, was... we were calling him because we saw him so often when we were there. <laughs> when we were there. Um it was phenomenal when he dropped us off and he was you could hear his voice, kind of sounds like, you know, Hannibal Lecter a little bit. And we were just like, Oh my gosh, he's in there. And he was like, Yeah, dude, he just goes in, gets his key, walks in, gets a big villa in the back. It's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. um, there, there are quite a there are quite a lot of people, a lot of celebrities that uh stop by. Yeah. So oh, yeah. so Tyler, let me ask you, what is your take on on what's happening in the world around us now? Like, because everything is so crazy everywhere we look. What do you what do you think is going on? I honestly think we are definitely changing. That's that's without a doubt. We're. Uh, Right now, with all these protests going on, I think we're changing for a good. It's much needed. Without a doubt, people need to have uh, people need to have equal rights, equal opportunity. Everybody should see, be seen equal. No one should be afraid to step outside. No one should be afraid to walk down the street and be afraid to be hurt. It's it's unacceptable. Yeah. With the pandemic going on, that's. Uh, you know, it hurts to see people that are losing their jobs, losing their homes, losing family members. Uh, just got to stay strong. Got to stay safe. You can't, can't go outside. Can't get anybody hurt. But everybody still has the, uh, the right to their own ideas and their own wants. Great answer. Tyler, that's, that's beautifully said. I really agree with how you've been saying that. And I agree with what you've been putting out on Instagram lately as well. You always have that good fine line of, of seeing everyone's point of view when you, when you even respond there. Um, so let me ask you this, man, uh, at ACE and stuff, you were always the kind of go-to person with, if anyone had any problems, and I know that you're also the go-to person for jokes, but, you always, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but here's the thing though, because you're the go-to person to cheer people up, it's because you also know what it's like to be really, really down and really, really sad. And you've always kind of understood you know, oh, yeah. if somebody was, yeah, when someone's feeling bad, like when I was feeling bad, you could feel it. You're like, what's wrong? Because you've kind of been through it. You kind of understood pain. You know what it's like to have empathy because, you know, you've been on that, uh, that dark side of the fence, man, where, where the light seems distant and out of reach. And you've always reached out to me whenever I felt like I wasn't having a great day. You've always asked me how I was doing. And I could feel that compassion, that realness. And I've seen the way you acted with other kids at Ace. So what would you say to some of the listeners right now who might be feeling a little inadequate, who are feeling sad, who are unsure of themselves, especially like, as you said, it's, it's a tough time. What's your advice to people with all this going on as, as, as someone who's been on that dark side of that fence, how do you get out of it? Oh, 100%. Got to stay patient. Patience is key. I understand that it's really hard to go day in, day out with not getting everything that you want, feeling everything that, just not going your way sometimes you know family people uh they put you down even though you know they're your family they should love you they should care about you but that's just making you stronger and i, I know that kind of hurts to know because you want all the love in the world you want all the money in the world you want all the the fame and all the things that you can possibly have and be the best that you can be but right now you are the best that you can be because you're living at the lowest you're finding the way that you're finding your strength you're finding your light once you find that light and you get going you're gonna feel wow I actually am making it through my dark times and I'm happier than ever because I don't have to worry about anything. I'm, I'm happy. I got money. I got the girl that I want. I got the dog that I want. I got the car that I want. I got everything that I can possibly have. 
And without that final push of me saying, you know, I'm not worth it, I'm not inadequate, nothing's going to happen, you wouldn't be there. Just keep sticking through the rough. You'll make it. That was great advice, Tyler. Um, um, you have aged so well with regards to your wisdom, dude. Um, I, I wish um, Middleton and every staff member from the school hears this interview. I, I'm so proud of, of everything hey, you're Will, saying. We're like number one right now. Everyone checks this out. What are you yeah. They're all going to see this. I was going to be famous after this. That was a Tony Robbins speech right there. Honestly, man. Let me ask you, let me spin to this one then. What advice would you give to ACE students now, having graduated a few years ago, having learned so much since um, about the years we try so hard to prepare students for, what would you say to these kids that are current students in high school now? Oh, that's that's kind of a hard one because – It's a bit of a younger age, but if I had to make a couple of comments, I'd just say, actually listen to your teachers. I I didn't do that half the time, and by God, I regret doing it because, you know, I was terrible at math. I had a math thing come up. It's work. Absolutely bombed it because I was like, dude, this is terrible. I had to do basic math, and I just failed it so hard. But when it came to construction, and they asked me some ideas of what I should do about the layout of the land, what kind of buildings we should put. I was on point. I knew exactly what I was doing. Pay attention in all your classes. That's the only thing that I can really say because that's it's going to be your future. Awesome. Um, Tyler, I, I know I've been asking you some hard questions, but like even that answer you gave is like just I, – I can't really say much to it. It's just like it's there. It's, it's real. Um, I remember in high school, you talked about, you know, how you'd been in like a number of car accidents and not just one. And I, I don't know why I'm laughing at this. I should probably be a little more sensitive, but okay. like, it's pretty funny. <laughs> well, what is, can you just tell me if you, if you can, if not, it's fine about one of the, the, the major ones that, that, um, that was the biggest one that, that happened to you? Because I remember there was one that happened to you where it, it did something to your ribs or your back. I couldn't remember. Yeah, what. all right. So I was in seventh grade. Uh, we were coming home from a, the school movie thing that we were having. And my dad was the driver. I was in the passenger seat. And we were getting up to a, uh, we were getting up to a crosswalk that was a double intersection. And we started going. And all of a sudden, I just felt a huge jolt on the right side. And I couldn't really think about what happened until my dad was like, hey, we got in a car accident. And at that, that moment, I just felt all the pain that was just – all that shock just went into my body, and I just noticed it. And I felt like I couldn't move. My entire back was spazzed. My neck was super stiff. I got to the hospital, and they had to cut, cut up my favorite shirt, my favorite shoes. I couldn't take anything off. Just normally, they had to cut it. ruined everything. That, I think that hurt more than the entire accident, but the aftermath of it, I uh, broke my growth plate, three ribs. I had to stop playing sports practically because I just couldn't move the same way. It was terrible. Wow. I had to go to, Thank you. No, sorry. I had, to I had to go to therapy for almost two and a half years, finished therapy while in sophomore year of high school. So that was a very big accomplishment for me, being able to – basically be back to full capacity and you know what that's that's kind of reflected when you answered that whole thing about how you have to realize you're at your bottom and you can get out of here everything you said there's a lot of people right now that like to say cool things and like to say inspirational things but they haven't been through anything you know you've you you've you've been through it dude you came out of it and like how did that shape your perception of the world around you did anything change after that accident after that experience that you know, did, did your, did your, the way you saw things change? Most definitely. Like as a kid, you think you're invincible. And then that one time that you get hurt, you're like, wow, I'm not, I'm actually able to get hurt. I'm able to feel pain. You know, this is something that I might not be back to normal. I might not have the full capacity. When I was in the hospital, the doctors were telling me like just a split second, you could have been paralyzed for the rest of your life. A split second, you might've actually passed away. Split second you probably won't be able to see tomorrow. There's a lot of things that can change in a matter of seconds that you don't really understand. And then once someone puts that mindset into your head, you're like, wow, 
you know, I actually got to just live life. I got to live life to the, to the fullest. I can't be sad all the time. I got to be happy. I got to go for what I want. I got to reach for everything that I can actually reach for. Just don't sit back and realize that you're nothing because you're always going to be something. You're always something to you. You're always something to the next person. Someone's always going to look up to you no matter what. That was beautifully said. Thank you for taking the time. And dude, I, thanks for being so open and honest. And I, and I kind of hit you with some, you know, really real questions, but I knew that you would be willing to answer it. And I knew you'd have something to say. And I'm very happy that we got that out there because that is huge, man. Um, real quick, last thing, would you be interested in maybe, uh, maybe making some kind of a support ACE alumni thing where we kind of, you know, we've had Instagrams for ACE alumni, but it hasn't really gone anywhere. Maybe you and me could, Maybe you, if you'd be interested, we could do some kind of a thing and get get everyone back together, kind of a thing. Check in. Most definitely, I'm most definitely up for that challenge. You know, like I recently was just talking to Millish Kearns. Wow. Was just randomly texting her about something that Wait, I posted. Wait, hold on, Mr. Klazi, say Millish's name. Millish. <laughs> uh, it was it was it was on point. You're close. You're close. But yeah, most definitely, I'm I'm up for that challenge. I'd love to, man. Okay, um, Tyler, dude, thank you so much for carving out some time today and, and chatting with us a little bit. Yeah. Um, thank you for being so honest. Um, it it's it's so nice to see you and and how much you've grown since I've I've last saw you, which was basically graduation day. Um, yeah. You know, wow. give my best to your your mom and dad. Um, please tell your, your dad, I was asking about him and, and, um, you know, I, I hope nothing but the best things for you moving forward and, and good luck at the Ohio Valley and in spa. I will try to figure out a way to get back over there at some point. Ohio's got low COVID cases, not to jinx them. They're doing a great job over there. Like the, the rate oh, the yeah. is super. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's in the tens under 20 still, I think maybe even less than that when I looked on this thing. Yeah. But uh, dude, thank you for giving the time that you gave and staying with us, especially you're at work. So I will be in touch with you and uh, I love you, man. Have a good oh, one. Sorry. Have a good one guys. Keep that mask on. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. Man, I, yeah. That could be one of the best ones. I I think we need to reflect on this. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of reflection, let's go back to that segment called uh, You Need to Reflect. Um, So here on the Claws Raws Unplugged, we like to get into the stuff that most people might not want to talk about. We like to break the the alt-right, the the alt-left narrative. We, We give the real narrative of what we're thinking about. And I was really upset when I found out that, um, Candace Owens, um, you know, someone who's really commentated a lot on Fox News and has acquired a lot of large sums of money, has a big influence. She put out an 18-minute video titled, I Do Not Support George Floyd. Uh, she spoke in this video from, from speaking on how George Floyd uh, wasn't a perfect individual, had had a troubled past, and almost made it as if it was for good reason that he, that he had what had happened to him. That is the feeling that I got from watching it. She also spoke about Derek Chauvin, the cop who, who killed him, and, and said some, some really questionable things. What I, what I really want to touch on and move to is how she was saying how there's no such thing as racial profiling. She said that George Floyd was a violent criminal guy. And, quote, this is word for word. She said that police brutality and it being racially motivated, all that is like a myth. So, and she also went on to say that, sorry to interrupt you, uh, that, that riots are dangerous and people are dying in them. So, you know, here's, here's the thing, you know, Candace Owens is, is a, a TV personality. Um, it's really just that simple. It's, it's like Giuliani now. Mm. It's someone that has a loud voice. <clears throat> someone is, Claiming that conspiracies and fake news cloud people's visions of the truth. Uh, The only problem here is you need truth to blur. If your MO is to distract and divide, if your MO is to gain fame by being the only one somehow, or if your MO is to try to persuade, at least make sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and you're right. Uh, moving, moving, moving forward. Uh, another touchy area is that I think we can all agree that you know, um, there, there's a lot of when it comes to police officers right now. There's there's a lot with that. It's a heavy subject. If you say one thing, if you support them, you're 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 obviously then to people's eyes not supporting another area. Um, I think that we can all agree though that there is a problem within the system of maybe how we're training police officers. Maybe that you know there's a way that we're we're having them being taught to to check certain things out. Uh, I think that that we can all agree on that we got to fix this 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 issue that's going on. Um, because there is an issue and, 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 and obviously there's something that, that's happening. And an analogy that I thought of was that maybe what we're doing is we're training police officers to be hammers. What does a hammer do? It sees a nail and wants to smack it in. And I think it starts up with, with as, they, as the current party likes to always say, trickle-down theory. Well, I have a trickle-down theory. We look at our president. We're seeing certain messages being put out that trickle down to people in uniform who listen to that message act upon it and we're getting all these horrible things happening and in a great thing that not a great thing but a great example of this is when trump said quote looting will lead to shooting so do you know where the origins of looting will lead to shooting um come from no i actually thought it was just something he just said and you know got banned momentarily on twitter and came back i i don't know if there was an origin is there an origin Yes, yeah, so you're giving him way too much credit for being too creative. Um, here's <laughs> what quick research will show you. Um, that's, you know, that saying is dated back to former police chief in Miami, Florida, Walter Heedley, um, where he announced that six three-man teams of officers equipped with shotguns and dogs would respond to the young hoodlums from Negro districts in Miami with lethal force back on December 26, 1967. He stated that, his men have been told that by any force um, up to and including death is proper when apprehending a felon, along with the expression, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. So, yeah, that's where that comes from. Holy cow. I really, that, that, wow. I thought it was just a harmless, if you could even say that's like a phrase that he just thought of that has a horrible meaning. Uh, to know that that, just by a quick Google search, shows you that it, has that type of history, man, we, we really do have a problem. Now my Siri on my laptop is talking to me because I said problem. I don't know what's going on here. I got the FBI checking in on me. All right. We're saying questionable things. So it's, it's weird, dude. I mean, you know, yeah. when, when you really take a step back um, while, while we're reflecting, right, just really quickly mm -hmm. before we, we move on, um, I, I do see those protests being effective. I do think the voice that is being projected is not one vocally stated, but more one physically showed and exemplified as a peaceful gathering of people joining arm in arm, whether they're kneeling on bridges, whether they're marching silently, whether they're holding up signs, um, all albeit peaceful. I think it's important to understand that that message of unification resounds much louder and is the point behind why we're protesting to begin with. We are all equal. We are all in this together. We are all one nation. Um, and so pretty soon, I think that that message will start to make real change. It does sound like Minneapolis police have condoned the use of a knee, right, moving forward as a means of apprehension or, or um, holding someone down. In addition, the charges against those officers were elevated and changed to being somewhat more appropriate. Um, I think that that's a solid beginning, um, but there's still a long way to go. I think it's at least a good start. I think the, the message is being stated that across 50 states, we cannot stand for this anymore as we've seen those protests everywhere. So. That being said, um, let's go into some Tea with Middleton. Um, this week's Tea with Middleton is brought to you by Orange Face Paste. Uh, face paste. If you are over 70 and maybe even over 90, since no one has any idea of any truths in your life and you want to keep it that way, 
put this orange face paste on your face and it'll make people so distracted when they look at you, you can practically do or say anything. That's right, folks. Act now and you can even look like Rudy Giuliani, who clearly suffered multiple strokes mid-sentence in his last interview with Pierce Morgan on GMB, Good Morning Britain. And you never knew it just by looking at him. Also, no one had any idea what he said at all. At all. But hey, it's what makes a good politician. Am I right? This stuff is such a distraction. You can run a country into the ground and people will still be stuck looking at your crazy looking weird orange face and not knowing what to think. So try orange paste because if you can't figure out what Rudy Giuliani said, at least you can look like him. Ladies and gentlemen, back with us for some tea brought to you by Orange Face Paste. Mr. John Middleton. John, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I don't know. I don't, my sponsors <laughs> keep changing. It's, it's just <laughs> nice to know that I, I, I don't need the orange face paste as my tan is all natural. I am your trainer as well as your manager, John, always and out there looking for new, uh, new support financially. And, uh, and how's your tan going? You know, it looks like you did a, uh, an 87 mile bike ride. Yeah. First off, how? Just one turn of the cranks at a okay. time. You, can't, you, you just, you go outside your door. It's like, I can't remember the, the um, Lord of the Rings quote. You just go outside okay. your front door and off on your journey. Maybe, That's how. Yeah. And then like decades of, of okay. practice. Nicole. All right. Right. Do, do you uh, have like a special cushion too? Do you have like a pants that you wear that like, do you wear a suit? Does it have any, because my bottom hurts sitting on a bike. I don't know how you do it for so long. And that's a serious question. Like, is there special uh, gear that you wear that, that has a cushion there? Makes yes, it comfortable? But, yes, of course, Nikon. I could not do right. that without out a, uh, uh, a, a, a pad. Um, yes, there are, there's something called cycling shorts. Okay. Um, and, and I wear them. And, real, and I go quick. through them quite, a, quite quickly. Oh, um, okay. So you, you always want to make sure that you, uh, you have good... Uh, good equipment otherwise you're like how do you do 86 miles you make sure that you're yeah. you're trained properly um but then you also make sure that you have the equipment that can do that kind of of an effort i was going to ask a question but i think it might go too long so i might not ask it but why don't they just make the seats really comfortable why are the you know race bikes have to have these hard seats because you see like those cruisers they have nice gel pads so does, yeah. does it hurt the performance to have a comfortable seat? Especially um, when you're spending a lot of money on these bikes. Why do they give you uncomfortable seats? I just, I'm sorry. I had to ask. Well, I, I don't think my seat is all that uncomfortable. Okay. Um, but um, other people, uh, other people definitely think my seat is uncomfortable. Um, you, you again, want to make sure that you have the right equipment for the job. Um, the, the seat that I have is light. So the weight of something also matters oh, right. quite a bit. Um, and then on a, on a performance bike, you want a stiff bike because if you have like the big beach cruiser bike and you go over a pothole, your bottom's going to bounce off of your seat um, oh, like you're wow. on, a, on a horse. And that's going to, uh, it could either cause you to crash um, or someone next to you to crash or just what's most likely going to happen is you're going to lose speed. Um, you don't wow. want to feel the road vibration. You want something that's stiff um, and, and again, can get the job done in a, in a light um, performance-esque way. So, so John, I, I want to tell you before we get into the question I have, um, mm -hmm. we just interviewed Tyler Cobb. Tyler Cobb. All right. Is he Dude, diving or what is he up to? He, well, he's working at the Ojai Valley Inn and Spa. Okay. And his words were so inspiring. Awesome. I look forward to listening to it. Oh my gosh. He was, it, Nikon and I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, dude, but I've, I no, felt like it. we said yeah. it to, like time and time again. Like we're, I'm just so floored by the responses that he was giving. Yeah. I was so proud to, to see how, his take on the world, John, yeah, was sincere. It really, um, 
it, it really sounded like he's matured into somebody who, who we would be very proud of. All of us collectively who we feel like we were responsible for Tyler back in high school, you know, getting him to be successful as a student. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. It was really that's, awesome. That's so cool to hear. It's, and it's, it's inspiring. And then it's also just, it's a little weird too, from, from the teacher perspective, right? I know it. Because you, you remember, you remember freshman Tyler um, and uh, a collection of his, his, his buddies who, who could not stop talking if their life depended on it. But the kid's like 13 and, and now he's probably like 23. Somewhere you know, in there. It, we asked him, what was your like craziest thing that you guys, that you had done? We asked for a good one and a bad one. Mm-hmm. And the one that he brought up, I won't even get into cause he didn't, he knew, I knew what he was talking about. He knew I would know, mm-hmm. but only him, myself and his dad remember Mm-hmm. what had went down in that room because of what we caught with him with on campus and mm-hmm. how that played out um, later on that evening when we had to wait for his dad to come in. Yeah. Um, he, he was just so funny, you know, and it seemed like he, he came so far. He had so many nice things to say. His advice was, was very sound with regards to his impersonation of the, or his interpretation of the world around us as well, mm-hmm. John. Really, really nice to hear. Um, so that said, I'll segue right into a saying that I've, I've heard you state a few times, you and I have gotten it from mm-hmm. um, uh, the Better Leaders, Better Schools Network yeah. uh, from Daniel Bauer. Um, how does the saying, never let a good pandemic go to waste, apply to your life right now? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, to, to get to get political for one second. Um, like I, I've been thinking a lot about revolutions. So not like, I guess, political, but more from like the historical lens, right? I've been thinking a lot about revolutions over the last week and, and, and comparing different revolutions across history. Um, and what I found is that change, positive change comes out of conflict, whether it be um, the French Revolution or the scientific revolution or the American Revolution or the, or the revolution that is being televised right now, um, conflict and, and, and sudden, sudden events cause change, whether you want it or not. So to loop back to, to me, um, this this crisis that is going on in our world um, has caused a lot of self-reflection on my part, a lot of, of um, just in, internal, internal thought about my role as an educator, my role as a member of a community, my role as, uh, as an American, and my role as a, as a human on planet Earth. Um, so all of that has, has taken place, um, because of this. And then at the same time, my vision for myself and, and my work moving forward is being shaped by this time. Um, so just like the revolutions of the past, um, and the revolution that is taking on right now, um, it can inspire people to do awesome, cool things. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, like, there's the saying, too, like, you know, a diamond isn't made without being, you know, under pressure and stuff like that. So yeah. that's true. Uh, Mr. Middleton, I kept thinking of the uh, – we're talking about sayings a lot, but, you know, I kept thinking about that that poster in your room, you know, mm-hmm. back in my four years at Ace Charter High School. Uh, you know, the be the bamboo. And I often remember how calm you were and still are, uh, especially and particularly to uh, certain students who sometimes mm-hmm. had some stuff going on. They would, they would talk and they would be disruptive and you would, you would kind of control them by not controlling them. Like, you know, you, you, you get everyone's respect 
even kids who were super like on the other spectrum and going through stuff. And they're very like, almost like anarchy kind of style, like, you know, whatever, they would always come down and respect you. Um, and, and he did so, you know, he never made a threat. He never said, I'm going to lower your score. Or, oh, I'm going to do this to you. I've never heard you say that, but you somehow did something that, that allowed them to, to be, thank you for it. And what you did was you were just always, you were always calm. You were always collective. You were never, you know, irrational. And I think by, by being that, you made people feel comfortable and also the kids who would either say certain things or act a certain way, once they realized that you know, they weren't getting a rise out of you, maybe then that's what made them turn around. But it was just interesting and neat to watch because it was right then and there that I realized like, that's kind of what I want to do too. I want to make sure that I'm keeping myself calm. I want to be the bamboo. I don't want to get triggered. I don't want to get upset. So Mr. Middleton, how do you suppose that we as Americans be the bamboo? And I'm not trying to name names or use any trigger words, but I feel like that we are a little lost right now as a society. I think that we're, we're going, we can go either direction right now. We are in a crisis. It could either go really good or go really, really bad. So how could we all be the bamboo and not give into the anger and the rage and, and lose ourselves? But you know, how, how do we, how do we make sure that we don't throw a tantrum? So we don't, we don't lose all the cards. Will we stay unfazed so we can win the house? How do we do that? Well, Nikon, that's, e that's easier said than done. Um, and I, I think I had the opportunity to have you in three of your four years in high school. So you, you saw some moments are better than others. Um, I, my advice to, to Americans and, and, and all humans is, is quite simple. Assume positive, assume positive intentions of other people. Um, give them your respect freely. Um, and most people will then honor you with, with theirs. Um, and that would be my advice to, um, all of the individuals that are, are angry right now, uh, about a, a variety of different things, um, or are in pain right now, um, respect other people. The, the world can, can learn a lot if we just stand up and respect each other um, as, as humans and assume that we're all out to try to better ourselves and better our community as opposed to, um, I don't know, putting people in boxes and giving them a title um, and saying, because you are in this box, I'm not going to listen to you or I'm not going to talk to you or I'm going to assume that you're part of some great giant conspiracy that is going to take me down. Um, every time a kid walked into my classroom, I gave them my respect. Um, and I asked for it in return. And I was super consistent with that Nikon. Kids especially will um, sniff out people that are not authentic. Um, they'll call you out on it every single day. So be authentic, be real, respect other people, and we'll see what, where that takes us. I didn't think about it that way, but that is, yeah, I, I thought about it. Just don't, don't show any reaction with Beep at the Bamboo, but I like this, this approach of like just, you know, don't assume negatively all the time and, and, you know, look at the bright side and be respectful of people. That's, that's big. Well, we're not statues, Nikon. You know, we're not made of stone, <laughs> so we do have emotions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We are stuff hurts. Um, but don't forget to breathe before you respond. Is, is what's going on in your world at that particular moment, the end or not. Right. So a kid didn't do their homework. It's not the end of the world. They'll do it tomorrow. So John, out on it, right? Yeah, that's I, awesome. You're the best teacher is. ever. He's got to say that. That's yeah, awesome. I, so I wanna, I wanna front load next week's question and okay. give it to you now. Okay. So I think you're, you're best prepared for it for for next week. Um, something that I've heard recently um, is there's this growing trend of people who are just like, you know what? I'm done with politics. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to follow it anymore. 
it it's, doesn't seem to be about me. It doesn't seem to be real. It's not what it was, and we don't like it. And the I think the possibility of it continuing for four more years is enough for people to say, look, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So what if... I want you to ponder the notion of what if people just stopped following politics and stopped letting it be a part of their lives. So just something, just some food for thought for the, for next week's question. Okay. Because it's heavy. And, you know, I've heard that like you can stop following politics, but politics will follow you type thing. Um, And so I'm curious to know what your take is for the people who are out there that are just like, you know what? I'm done with it. I don't want to be a part of it. Um, It's not really, John, like my vote doesn't count Mm -hmm. so much as it's just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm totally done. Yeah. I don't care. My, I don't want to vote. Yeah. Right. I, I I see that. And and I, I, I mean, it comes from a a million different places, um, but I, I see it and then I hear it. Um, the old American government teacher in me, um, dies a a slow and painful death every time I see it. Um, Of course, I also feel that way too every so often Um, because again, I'm human and I have, um, you know, viewpoints and and I'm affected by them. My family is affected by them. My, my, the kids that are in my school are greatly affected by the the consequences of of policy. Um, So, well, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll dig into that. You might need to give me more than ten minutes next week. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's. I think it's more more along the lines of it being super important for the listeners to know what your answer is, in addition yeah. for Nikon and I's ability to go and regurgitate that response moving forward. Yeah. When when we hear it, so you know, uh, stew over yeah. it for a week, and then we'll give you what we want. We want that answer more than All right. any time. Well, I, I, so. I've heard it a lot. I've heard that a lot, especially yeah. kids my age too. I've heard yeah. a lot of people, my close friends even, say, why are you talking about this? Yeah. Let me invite the most liberal amongst the, the listeners to, to next week's Tea with Middleton and also the most uh, conservative of listeners to, to next week's Tea with Middleton, and, and we will have a – a meeting okay. of the minds. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, John. And As always, thank you. Libertarians thank you. In, in amongst that too. Yes. Maybe it'll be brought to you by the libertarian, li- the liberals and the conservatives out there or something. We'll uh, figure re- it out. Reach out in the comments. Let us know so we don't have to find you. Come find us, please. Correct. So we can make it happen. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Take Mr. Care, dude. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, you know, that really puts a uh, like. I didn't think about it. That's why you need hard bike seats so you don't jump off, and and you have to wear proper gear, proper pants. You can't just go out there without. Because I'll tell you, like I I tried doing nineteen miles just once a week, and you're doing it three or four times a day. And I don't know, you guys are, you guys are awesome. Um, no, but that was this was a crazy episode. We really, I'm happy. I'm happy. Pants. Yeah. Where where we're going, um. But you know, I got another question. I got another thing. Let's 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 go to the end. Uh, why is the answer to everything violence? Why is that like our go-to? Is it because it's just like a primordial gene that's in us? So, I think it's it's for several reasons at this point. Number one, because it's including layers and later layers of years of attempts to level the playing field. Um, especially with, with regards to the world around us um, and the ongoing fight against racism. I think it's on account of, of frustration, right? Um, number two, I think, you know, violence is our natural innate response to something when we are backed up against the wall. Um, also, why is that? Maybe because we want to inflict fear. Fear and attempt to control. Um, you know, fear and attempt to manipulate, fear and attempt to distract. And, and why do we let our past mistakes continue? Why must we always continue our father's and our father's father's mistakes? Why have a choice to, as Charlie Chaplin once said, make this life free and beautiful. 
So to all our listeners, don't become the fire, but be the water that puts it out. Be free-flowing, taking any shape needed. We can't be held into our old ways. We must change. We must take a new shape to have a different understanding. Of the very world around us. The time is now, but be careful and weary of who you support. And why you support it. But above all, never become lost in a rampant flame that devours everything it touches. Be giving, be kind, and above all, be accepting. An understanding of others and their points of view. This has been the Claws and Raz show. We're out.